Hi, welcome to Movie Night with the Boys. I'm John. And I'm Zach. And this is our weekly podcast where we talk movies. Uh, this week we're talking about Lawless from 2012, uh, directed by someone I'd never heard of before and probably never will again, John Hillcote. Um, the movie is based on a book, The Wettest County in the World which I did not know that the first time I saw it, actually. Um, Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf, played Jack Bondurant. Uh, Tom Hardy played Forrest Bondurant. Jason Clark played Howard Bondurant. And Guy Pierce played Special Agent Charlie Rakes. Even his name is creepy, man. Like... Man, the straight supervillain. <laughs> it's spelled C-H-A-R-L-E-Y, which is just wrong to me, I guess. I don't know, maybe that's <clears throat> maybe that's with the times, I suppose. Um, uh, in addition to those four, uh, there was Jessica Chastain, who played Maggie Beaufort, uh, Maya Wasikowska, who played Bertha Minix, Dane DeHaan, a.k.a. Hobgoblin slash Green Goblin from The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, he played Cricket Pate. Um, Gary Oldman played Floyd Banner. And Noah Taylor played Gummy Walsh. Noah Taylor is our nice carryover from Predestination. The man of a thousand faces and no name. With a big lisp. Yeah. Yeah. And a really very unique, identifiable face. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> the, syn- the synopsis is essentially, it's a, a movie about a set of brothers who bootleg liquor in Prohibition times, um, and it's story time. Uh, the movie opens with uh, the brothers uh, as kids. They, uh, they're trying to get Jack, I assume it's Jack, to kill a pig, uh, and then... Presumably Howard kills the pig with the gun for them. Uh, Fast forward to the current times, which I believe is 1931, Franklin County, Virginia. Um, The Bondurans are selling, uh, bootlegging to pretty much everybody in their county. Uh, You see them sell to the local sheriff. You see them sell to a little old lady on a farm. Uh, then you see them sell to a underground uh, funeral showing party, I think is what it's called, where they present the body in its uh, the, the body of the dead in a, a present presentation. I guess I don't really know how those worked. Um, no, you can't, you can't, you can't justify that. That was fucked up. Like I've never heard of that. I've, I've heard of it, but it's it's yeah. It's, the guy was just sitting there or standing there dead in his coffin with a cigarette in his mouth dressed up like it's just another day yeah and they were pouring booze in his mouth i think maybe i kind of the 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 body was an afterthought um no first thing when i seen that scene i was like what the fuck are they doing with the body why are they putting (laughs) alcohol and then it cuts away and then it cuts back and there's a cigarette in his mouth. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I've I've heard of it, but I mean, it is definitely a unique thing. Very much unique, at least in my experiences. For sure. Um. So, while they're inside, um, all Forrest and Howard are inside. They're sharing the booze and you know having a drink and, and getting the money. Um. Jack is outside. Uh, with Cricket, and some dudes roll up to them and basically is like, give me the money, and Jack's kind of like pissing himself, and then Forrest comes out and is like, you don't want none, smashes dude in the face with the brass knucks and gives him the business, and then title screen, blah, blah, blah. I believe he came out and said, uh... Your life, like your life, is about to change, like unexpectedly. And the guy's like, "What?" And he punched <laughs> he him. He crushes face. that dude's face. 
Yeah, it was something. It was something way more philo- philosophical than what I said. Um, so they uh, they use their home, their bar as a as their front for their bootlegging business. Um, they use they have cricket to help them do their stuff. Uh, so one day, Jack, the youngest brother, uh, he is in town, and <clears throat> Floyd Banner just rolls through town and just lays waste to some, I assume, another bootlegger. Um, and then, oddly enough, winks at Jack like, hey, you know, you know who I am. And then, yeah, that was that was super creepy. Um, yeah, I have uh, James Gordon with a Tommy gun. <laughs> and the creepiest mustache I've ever seen. Yeah. It was like a pencil, pencil mustache. Um, so weird. <laughs> it was just like, just right on the top lip, just right resting there. Um, so they, they do their little look back and forth, and then Floyd, for whatever, doesn't care about witnesses and just walks away. Um, and you meet Maggie. Maggie shows up to the bar and asks if the job is still available um, for kind of like wondering what a city girl would be doing there and she wants a new quiet, more quiet surroundings. Um, so Forrest hires her and then local PD shows up with douchebag number one, the district attorney, who's just sitting in the car all proper with his fucking pinky up. Um, the police are like, hey, um, they want a slice. We want to keep things cool around here. Rakes the creepiest supervillain ever to see the screen is like, this could be easy. It could be not. You know, he did, he's not anything like German or Australian, but you, or Austrian, but you would think just looking at him that the most German accent should come out. I have to say, I was waiting for either like something like that or like a French like something like a some kind of accent, but that he's just like, yeah, for I'm Chicago. Here to change your life, you know, like Christoph Waltz, right? Something yeah, like that. It, it just it would it would have fit the 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 super villain. Why did vibe he have no eye? Why did he have no eyebrows? To make his forehead look menacing. I don't know, bro. Because like, it was like squished that's, too. That's, <laughs> yeah, but then the center part. That center part was. Like two, like somebody must have taken like a, a, a little a razor. Just... A toothpick. <laughs> I mean, like it's yeah, dude. it's just the craziest thing. He is he should have been a supervillain in a in a, a superhero movie for sure. Um. So and Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy looks like an old man in that sweater. He does, but I mean, at least he could, at least he can kind of back up his his look. I mean. He, he no, might be not, walking the Not at all. Ever. That's a terrible outfit. Nobody else dresses no, 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 like no, that. No, 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 no. That's fine. He could dress however he wants. After he broke dude's face like like that, just like a hardcore badass, not giving two shits. <laughs> Let him dress however he wants, man. Seriously. Um. So, uh, Forrest is like, if you ever come back here again, I'll kill you. And then he goes over to the district attorney, and you said it better than I did. He he's like, don't ever come back here, and don't ever let send that boy back here. What did he say? Something about a fucking. Him, I'm gonna, gonna put a hatchet in his skull. <laughs> Some ridiculous yeah. shit. Uh, but I guess that's the thirties. Um. So. Forrest meets with the other bootleggers and tells them that they should stand up to Rakes, and they agree, but then, you know, we know how that goes. Um, Jack starts showing some interest in this local preacher's daughter, Bertha. Um, he, he ends, he's at the, he's at the, the family bar. They're talking some shit. I think it's probably about rakes. I forget exactly the context of the conversation right now. Uh, but he's drinking, and they're making fun of him. And he runs off, takes a whole jar of moonshine with him. He gets to the church. The church is doing this... I have no idea what religion they are. It could be Hasidic Jew. It could be Amish. But they're just doing the, the whole arm raise thing while the the preacher's talking. So I don't think it's Jewish or, 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 or Amish because they call him a preacher. 
but I don't know exactly what it is. But the church is there. He's the preacher invites Jack in. Jack's all very fucked up, and then for some reason people start taking off their shoes and getting their feet washed by the women. And that's the craziest shit I've ever seen happen in a church. Um, then um, Bertha washes Shia LaBeouf's feet, takes off one of his boots, and fucking almost throws up in her face. And, <laughs> like, like, way to set a good example for yourself, man. Like, you, you want to be interested in a girl, but you're going to basically throw up right down her throat <laughs> in church. I mean... I mean, at least he took off before anything happened. Right, really. he was he was right there though. It was ridiculous. And then he left his boot, um, which you know I I wouldn't be running through that that dirt like that with. Well, he grabbed his hat, so I mean he could have left his hat and took his boot. I mean I would have probably grabbed my boot. Yeah, I'm saying I would if you would have left something, let leave the hat. The boot needs to go on. You're running all the all the rocks and the dirt now. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Um. So Rakes and, Cr- and company show up to Cricket's house uh, to raid his distillery equipment because he's got this setup that's supposed to be subtle through a radiator or some shit in his basement. And um, Jack shows up and tries to get involved. I don't know why Jack just showed up then out of nowhere, but uh, to advance the plot, I suppose. Uh, um and homeboy fucks him up. Like <laughs> Rakes just relentlessly beats the absolute dog shit out of Jack with a gun at first. With with a gun, and then just fucking Throws punches him, him in the door. face after throwing him out the door. Like if there was ever a bar fight that never didn't actually take place in a bar fight, that was the fucking time. Because homeboy got fucked up. Um. And then he goes home and forces, like, next time use a little bitch like that, don't be a little bitch like that. If you want to do this, you got to do this like the big boys. And, yeah. I mean, dude, he he was so fucked up begging for his shit like that. Yeah, it was pretty messed up. Like, on his knees, please stop, please stop. And then he, he kicked him. Kicked him to the ground and kicked him in the stomach. Oh, man. Kicked him in the face, knocked him out, like, clean. Little bitch. And then he fucking... Uh, oh, man. He he definitely played a good bad guy. Even if he was absolutely beyond words creepy. Um, So the cops show up to the bar to arrest the Bondurants for their illegal moonshining and bootlegging and Forrest goes, have you guys met Howard? And he just busts out the door bear Jew style and fucks that dude straight up. Like, oh no, he just, he bursts out the door. You're going to arrest me. And then just (laughs) literally just punched the shit out of the two guys. And then when they're, Get, the, get out of here now. Don't forget it ain't personal. Like, <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Bye. Right. You know, like, if, imagine that that shit now. Dude showing up to arrest you. You fuck them up. They have to leave without arresting you. What the fuck? <laughs> Man, that shit would never happen. Um, Now we find out for some strange reason that Rakes is like, Apparently staying right next door to Maggie at some, I'm assuming she's at a hotel. And he says that she doesn't have to worry because he doesn't use other people's greasy cups. And it's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard a man say to a woman on screen, I think. Well, I mean, I mean, he was cold. trying to get information from her, and she's just like, yeah, no, I'm good. Tried to get away from him. And he's like, yeah, you don't have to worry about me. I don't drink from, uh, I don't drink from dr- greasy cups. Ugh, gross. What a, what a fucking condescending cock. I don't even know what that <clears throat> means. So 
so it's basically like she's dirty and he wouldn't want that i drink from her uh, <laughs> i mean she is pretty attractive um uh in the next scene forrest tells howard he needs him to be there for these guys meeting him uh it's the new new clients from chicago that want to buy some of their booze um Jack goes to impress Bertha wearing their father's suit, which I don't know why he thought that would be impressive. It was like the most boring suit I've ever seen, ever. I mean... It was like flat gray, right? No, it was beige. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't a nice color. I mean, for the time, it was nice. I mean, the chick... I suppose. She was all about it, I guess. Well, I mean, because she look look at like what she had to wear, right? Yeah, she she, she looked like a little house on the prairie. Yeah. Yeah. So I I suppose I guess it makes sense for nineteen thirty one. Just goddamn, how bland. Um. Uh. So he shows up to impress her, and he's acting all tough, and then he sees her father, and he chicken shits right the fuck away, just runs before he can even be spotted. Um, Howard doesn't come back to the bar. Instead, he decides... Well, I don't know if he decided or if he just lost track of time and got drunk and met up with his friends and then just lost track of time. I can't imagine that's what happened. But, you know, it was kind of left to speculation as to how it actually unfolded. He clearly didn't go back one way or another. Um, uh so the two guys are at the bar and they're harassing they're harassing Maggie um and Forrest tells them it's time to go Cricket I forget what Cricket did did he like trip one of them or something um well okay so Cricket uh the two guys yeah are talking to the chick harassing her Cricket starts you know, heading towards the back. And then, you know, you hear ruckus, and then, you know, uh, Forrest comes out. And, and he then, fucking uh, dominates homeboys. Well, no, and then the guy is like, I asked for another bar- bottle, and the bitch said she wouldn't give it to me. And then she stabbed me, and then, you know, Cricket's like, no, he pulled he pulled a gun, and then she stabbed him. <laughs> right? So... Right, and then you know, Forrest proceeded to. He punched that one dude, and he went flying. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm super strong. Bah. Boom, punched him, and then you know, struggled he, like, a little bit with the other, other guy. Mouth or then, throat. Yeah, just punched him right in the throat. You see, his like Adam's apple, like in his like throat. Whoa! The whole. Was I don't understand how anyone could even think about walking away from that. Like. <laughs> Well, he, After, he, he dragged him out. No, I know, but like, well, you, you know. Um, so Maggie cleans cleans Forrest up after the little bit of a fight because he's got like a scratch on his eyebrow or whatever. Those guys get thrown out outside. Um, she starts showing like she's got these feelings for him. Um, and he's, you know cold, stone-cold, absolutely emotionless, humorless Boris Bondurant. Um, he's, just, he's just socially awkward, so he just doesn't know what to, like, doesn't pick he, up on Maybe Maybe he's never been in a, that kind of a relationship before. I mean, it's, it's legitimately left to, to no history prior to that, except for the fact that, apparently, he's immortal, and they're all immortal, which we had... No, he, re- he was in the war... That's why he sleeps on the floor. That's oh yeah, why, you know what I mean, that's why he has like he kind of has like that so social awkwardness is because yeah. he, was uh, in the, he was in the war. Yeah, okay, that makes sense then. But we we did forget totally forget to mention the fact that he's him and the the family are allegedly immortal. Um, like they they got sick and they made you know they got they got over it and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, well, they're they're not immortal. They're just unkillable. Which is basically the same thing, wouldn't you think? No, because immortal means you live forever. Oh, unkillable means you can't be murdered. 
or killed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I could see that. Okay. Um, I mean, so I think that... you could still you could still kill immortals, but immortals live forever. These they they, they it's they're, they this whole thing about the legends and Forrest believing his own legends, right? I so you. it's kind of like kind of like that. It makes so. sense. It makes sense because the, the unkillable thing versus how things turn out it makes it makes sense um, yeah, i know but it, it comes up later on in in the movie and and we'll talk about it when it does but okay we'll get there um so after she cleans him up cricket and maggie have both left forrest is closing up uh when he notices that the truck hood is open and he goes over to check the hood and looks underneath and says that ain't right and the hood slams down one of the dudes that got fucked up earlier grabs him by the wrists. The other dude shows up behind him and actually says something about him being unkillable. And then slices his throat. Like, straight up, just fucking bloody deep slices homeboy's throat. Yeah, like, jaggedly, too. Like it's not, really... like, it had to have been a very blunt, not sharp blade. Like, it was almost yeah, like they had to jab it in and they yeah, wrecked his throat. To be honest, I don't understand how he's. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to make sense, but he grabbed his throat, and I guess he held it together well enough that he was able to be able to keep it from bleeding out. I, they must have not gotten an artery, but yes. um, so he he. Is laying there. Maggie is driving away, and she says, "What am I doing?" Turns around, goes back for him. Uh, she goes inside and thinks she's talking to him, and it's the two guys. And it's not on scene, but it heavily implies that she gets raped. Um. After that, the uh, we get to the hospital where Howard and Jack are visiting him. Um, he's alive, some fucking, some way. Um, and the nurse says, don't let him talk, and after she leaves the room, he's like, you should have been there, Howard. <laughs> he's all fucked up, he's like, yeah, no, fuck. Um, uh, we should have been there, there think they're back at the bar when Jack's like, you know, he, he's kind of talking shit to Howard. And then Jack goes back to the to the hospital to see, well, not to actually see Forrest, but he goes and steals the key to the barn where the booze is held. Uh, Forrest catches him and he somehow manages to play off the whole not actually being there to, to check on him. Um, but still manages to steal the key which is beyond me i feel like forrest would have been a little bit smarter than that i guess not but um he's, he, he was in a hospital bed so he's maybe yeah, been on some, something too yeah that, i guess they can speak on something that's fair um but he he takes the key they steal him and cricket take the booze they drive it to chicago where they they set up a meet with gummy walsh um gummy double crosses them and throws them both in a hole where just before they get shot to death in a basically a, a hole a, a monkeys in a barrel thing uh, Floyd Banner comes out of nowhere and is like oh no 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 we don't we're not, you're not killing them they get out of the hole and well he said I'm from wherever like you know what I mean like he said I'm from this place and then Buddy's like all right, get him out of the hole, right? Because he's like, oh, they're from, like, you know... They're from... Forest. The, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Something Stone, maybe, or something like that. They, they say where they're from, and they know the Bondurant's out, out where he's at. Um, Floyd brings, uh, brings Cricket and... Well, I think it's just Jack, but maybe it's Cricket and Jack. They're in, in his office, and... He tells him he'll give him three and a half and that he had nothing to do with uh, with the attack on Forrest. And 
Jack says he wants five, and that that's what he was told he was going to be when he got the when he got the sale. So he convinces Floyd Banner to give him five dollars on the barrel, which yeah. I guess turned out to be two thousand dollars, which was a fuck ton of money back then. And then Floyd gives him a note after saying that he had nothing to do with the attack on Forrest, but he knew the guys that did. Um, he gave him the address, and he told him that Rakes was the one that hired them. And he starts a relationship with them from there, basically. But uh, when Jack comes back, Forrest is waiting on the porch for him, and he throws the money on the ground. Uh, he says this is... You know that's what? 400 barrels. But I feel like the barrels were actually the jars. Um, if they have two thousand, if they have two thousand dollars, it's five dollars a barrel, right? Yeah. Two thousand divided by five is four hundred. Yeah, and they had they only had little cases with mason jars in them, so I'm thinking it's they were still, calling still, them barrels. Okay, so, yeah, maybe that maybe a jar is a barrel. Uh, who knows? But that makes sense. But that's a lot of that's a lot of yeah, jars. Yeah, that's that, that's that's what. It would, Fuck yeah, it was. Um, so they start that, you know, they start a good partnership there. Um, Floyd's going to be the regular buyer for that. Um, Jack comes back and drops the money on the ground at Forrest's feet. Uh, Forrest kind of kicks back and says, look at you. And, you know, they, they kind of bicker back and forth, and it ends with Jack saying, need me to do anything else for you? Sweep your fucking floors. And then he walks into the into the bar. Um then Jack goes and buys the nice new car and a new suit, and he goes and tries to show off with... Uh, he doesn't buy a new but, car. No, not yet? Oh, it's a little further on. He does yeah. buy a new car, though. He buys a suit, and then he goes to see the girl, and they take the pictures. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right. So, he does the pictures with her, and... He goes back to the bar where he finds Maggie. Maggie, he asks if they, um, where they were, and he, she tells him that they went off to do their thing. He gets all pissed off and runs over, well, drives over there. By the time yeah, he gets there, he knocks on the door. She doesn't tell them. Like, he, she doesn't tell well, him. He's like, he's like, where he are they? He figures it out. It's like, where are they? And she doesn't answer him. And she's like, he's like, oh. Oh, they went without me, and then took off. Yeah, he figured it out. That's right. It, it, he, he, she told her without. Uh, she told him without saying a word, because um, she didn't want him to do it. She didn't want him to do to do all that, because she was still in denial of the whole attack on herself. Um, no, she, that, did, she. She she denied the whole rape thing. There's that, but I mean that that has nothing to do with it. That that's the whole thing, like. Forrest probably said, don't tell Buddy. That's why they went, is because he wasn't around. Yeah, that's true, too. The whole thing was not to to involve him, so she's not going to tell him for that reason, not because she's denying what happened to her. It has nothing to do with what happened to her. Yeah, it's like Forrest to say something like, not tell her. Makes sense. Um, So he drives over there. Howard opens the door, and um... Then he says, "Like, don't ever let them tell you that you don't have balls. You always, they always said, or we always said, you don't have balls." And then he, you see them all fucked up in the background. Well, Forrest is all all fucked up, not fucked up, but covered in their blood. And then you see Howard gives Jack the bag, which we find out after. So they get to Rakes's apartment. He's got this. I want to say she's a black girl, but she was really, she could have been. She could have been anything, honestly. I mean, she was really light skinned, so maybe she was—I don't know. No, she was. She was. She was straight African American. Okay. Like she had, uh, like she had a small little like afro and everything. Okay, I, I missed that. I was probably making sure that I didn't have little eyes running around at that point. Um, but she's sitting on newspaper, and. I don't really think it ever explains that, but I feel like it's it's indicative of something that's supposed to be creepy. 
Um, but he gets a knock on the door, and he grabs his gun, and he kind of does the whole creepy open-the-door thing slowly with the gun. Uh, and then he finds a little bag on the ground. It's all got the pink frillies, and he opens it up, and out comes two testicles, uh, which... They're in, a, they're in a jar. Yeah, yeah. But and he smashes the jar on the ground. The jar and... falls, and she screams, and... Well, he smashes it. Does he smash it? I thought he dropped it. No, he, just, he got angry and smashed it on the floor. Oh. Uh, so they... Now we get a whole bunch of scenes of Jack and Cricket uh, doing some runs for the booze. Uh, Cricket does some carburetor. He adds a carburetor to the, to the car Basically and makes it even up. faster. Yeah, he yeah. just souped up the car. <clears throat> he hot rods it for 1931. Because um, there was a whole bunch of them getting shot at and shit getting broken. Uh, so that they sped up the car and it seemed to help them out with that. Um, <clears throat> uh, though the Bondurants were making money hand over fist at that point, you could see other people were suffering. I mean, it was kind of shown. But, uh, so he narrated that little spot and he said that while... He looked around and he saw people suffering and people weren't getting ahead, but he never realized it because it never really, never affected him the way it affected them. Essentially, basically, um, he, he was he, busting his ass. <laughs> he he was working and he didn't really notice the ins and outs of other people's misery because he was so not not goal driven, but he was focused on growth for him him and his his own. But it 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 obviously didn't go unseen because they showed the scene. They showed a whole street full of people <clears throat> with no work, yep. all their stuff on the side of the roads. Yep, yep, certainly did. Um, so you kept seeing people getting attacked by Rakes's um, Rakes and his men. They were breaking distilleries left and right. Uh, then, then it says, uh, I forget, I think it was still Jack narrating it, but something about uh, a cousin, I believe, was one they, they decided to tar and feather. Um, Forrest and Maggie end up <clears throat> hooking up in there in, in Forrest's room. Um, they start their whole relationship, or whatever you want to call it, there. And then the next morning they wake up, First out comes Maggie, and she sees it, and then Forrest comes out, and on the the porch is their cousin, tarred and feathered, with a sign on his neck that said, Bootlegger, uh, which I think was actually a more common practice back then. I feel like I used to hear about it more, but it's still kind of fucked up, kind of really fucked up. Then Jack brings Bertha to... After he gets his nice new drop-top car. This is where the drop-top is. Um, so he's got this drop-top. He brings her for a nice drive. Tells her to, I think he said, like, live a little or something like that. Um, they go for a drive. He brings her to where the new distillery is. It's got a nice big setup that's hidden in the woods. They got multiple stills so they can produce a lot more booze. Uh, she has, or he has her wear this dress that's all yellow with... Well, he doesn't. Fuck. He doesn't have her wear it. Well, he, 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 he gives it to her. her. Dress. You know what I mean. Um, he bought her the dress. It was a yellow dress with what was on it. I'm not sure. Flowers, maybe. I think it was flowers. It was there was some kind of a a design on it. But she he asked her to wear it. She said yes, and he said or she said don't look. She got behind the car and changed. Um, now that I'm thinking back on that scene, that also indicates that it's entirely possible since Rakes and his men were behind them that they saw that which gross no they didn't <laughs> they didn't they didn't spot them until they were walking towards the thing okay all right yeah cuz they were there they were close enough to be at least able to follow them um so they followed Jack and Bertha into well not into but to the distillery Howard's drinking over in a, I want to say like a crow's nest. It's a lookout, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As Cricket like a... says, Cricket says Howard's in the lookout. Yeah. Um, he sees Rakes and the men, and he he says like fucking Jack or something like that. Um, a couple seconds later, after Cricket 
uh, Jack and Bertha are in the stills showing off the equipment. Uh, you hear Howard yell. He yells this really weird yell. He starts howling. Yeah, well, the howl, but the, it's it's almost like... Did you hear how it changed tones? No, it was just howling. Literally, in the, in the subtitles, it said howling. It just sounded weird to me. I don't know. I know. I know it was howling. It just really sounded weird. It was just. It was just him doing it weirdly. That's it. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, nothing strange about it. I guess it was just the way he was doing it. It was really weird to me. Um. So while they're howling, uh, Jack. But also too, though, on the way there, like they're driving on paved roads. Do they have paved roads in the 1930s? Maybe just beginning. I think cars came out in the 20s, so it would make sense that paved roads would start coming then after that. No, it would have been more cobblestone. I don't know about cobblestone. It would be more like ground stone. Well, this is this is things we well, don't... Not need. cobblestone, but like, I mean, like, no, but I mean, again, it wouldn't have like been a paved stone. road. It wouldn't have been yeah. a paved road. Like, that was a modern fucking road. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's looking at roads... I am. Clearly. I want it to be goddamn time accurate, you son of a bitch. Um, I mean, they've been driving on dirt roads the whole other rest of the movie, and then all of a sudden there's one scene, they're driving down a paved road. Well, they had to, they they updated the car, they had to update the road. (laughs) That's that's the best thing. They drove the car into a fucking swamp after that, so I mean, that's some bullshit. Yeah. Look at you finding potholes. Um, it's continuity errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jack runs to the side of the barn or the side of the building and pulls a shotgun out of a bit of hay that was in an outside wall. And then he runs back in and tells Cricket and Bertha they gotta go. So they go out one way. Howard comes... Oh, sorry. Rakes and his men come in and they... they are ready to attack, and Howard kicks the fucking door in their faces. Straight up punches homeboy in the chest and breaks his rib cage. At least oh that, that's what I got out of that punch. Yeah, maybe it was his, he punched him fucking square. You see him, he punched him in the chest, and then the bone popped out of his shirt. I missed that. I totally missed the bone. <laughs> that sucks because I would love to. I'm going to have to see that again because I love that shit. So I missed the bone. So he breaks that, and then he. Then then Jack comes in and puts the gun on him. And why am I blanking on how that... Uh, he, 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 oh, Jack is talking shit to, uh, to Rakes on the ground, and then he... Rakes is like, you won't do it. He, he's calling him like a pussy or some shit, basically. And then Jack steps on his face, and they have to run. And so they run. And then... Yeah, because the backup cops... shows up. Yeah, the cops show up, and they take a picture with a DA, and they, they show the whole distillery behind them. And, uh, then they say that they caught Bertha and Cricket not far off. Uh, Bertha gets taken away by the cops, and you see Cricket like just lying there on the ground. Um, for some reason, Rakes decides to walk him away. That doesn't look super sketchy as fuck at all. Um Brings him into a, a secluded part of a, another part of the distillery, I assume, and he tries to choke him out, and then he breaks his neck, and then they blow the whole fucking thing up. Well, they so, were, he was he, he was mad they, that Jack called him a dandy. Uh, was it a dandy or was it a Nancy? Well, no, it was a dandy. Yeah. That I'd never heard use of a word like that either. That was weird. <laughs> but again, with the times. But yeah, he he made fun of, or he's what's wrong with his legs, and then he broke his neck, blew up the building, and then he brushed his hair with fucking a toothbrush. (laughs) It pans out, and and you know, um, the the boom happens. They blow they blow up the building, and then it pans over to the preacher, and the preacher's burning the yellow dress. Oh, yeah, the yellow dress gets burned, too. Right. Which, you know, I mean, that's kind of expected, the whole purification thing. 
you burn away the you sin. don't even know what the religion is how can you say that oh no but it, it's like the, it kind of makes sense with the way that he was talking to her god will punish no, you it's, it's just the fact of back in those times that's the way you got rid of shit you just lit it yeah, on well, fire there was no the there was no significant meaning behind that I was, burn just the witch. I was just disposal. Burn the witch. It wasn't the fucking Salem times, man. <laughs> you know, it's fucking hundreds of years later. Jack is back at the bar uh, talking to Forrest. Forrest is talking all kinds of down to Jack, basically. And um, Howard comes in, and, and right as Forrest is about to lay into him, he's like, it's 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 a cricket. They got cricket. And Jack gets all sad. He was such a nice boy, blah, blah, blah. The, the next thing, like three minutes, we keep hearing Cricket was such a nice boy. Um, I mean, we were, we, were, we were at his funeral, so I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. But even after the funeral, when when the deputy shows or the sheriff shows up, and he's like, what he did to that boy, that boy was a nice boy. I mean, like, they just kind of reuse the line over and over again. Well, it was the fact of they wanted to alliterate the fact of they weren't involved in that. Like, they had nothing to do with that. That's that's the only reason why. Like, they're basically, everybody's saying they like the kid. They never, like, nobody in the town would have killed the kid. Nobody would want the kid dead. That's what yeah. they're saying. And that's what that's, well, they, when, so the bootleggers say it to Forrest when he says it's time to pick a side. Uh, the sheriff says it to, to to Jack when Jack comes all pissed off out of the barn after being emo Jack for who knows how long, yeah. as you as you called him emo Jack. Um, no, tells me they, they were being emo. Well, however you want to call it, he was sad his friend got you know murdered. murderized. So the sheriff says the same thing, and then you see the the rake's toothbrush thing happens before that but you know that's that's still fucking uh, seeing it again that it's what the fuck <laughs> yeah was uh, there anything that he did that wasn't super villainy he didn't have a cat yeah that's that's a he, fair point he didn't have he a cat he wasn't petting a cat that was the only thing he was yes, missing good good yes so after the sheriff says he wasn't involved Cricket was a nice boy. He says, this wasn't the end of something. This was the start of something. It devolves. Jack loses his shit. Grabs the car and guns off, going after the blockade or at the bridge. Uh, Howard going, goes was, after him. He was going after... Um, Drake's. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. He was going to kill yeah, yeah. him. That was it. Um, Howard follows suit. And then Forrest is going to go... And he and Maggie's like, don't, don't go. I don't want this to happen. I'm the one that brought you to the hospital. And he thought he walked is what he said. And which again they, is that's they, that's the whole thing. Like he he actually believes his own legend yeah, because that's she, what people she was said. Like, you believe your own shit, and people you believe what people tell you about you. Blah blah blah. So it it does it absolutely. It's actually. It seems like it's good foreshadowing too. Now that now that I think about it, because you know you keep believing your own legend. Not at all. Then, why not? He does end up dying. Yeah, but I mean, it has nothing to do with the movie. I guess that was <laughs> that was liter that was literally a comedic throwaway line to end the movie. Yeah, well, the whole scene was in in reality, but let's we'll we'll jump there in a minute. Um. Jack goes, Howard goes, she tries to stop him. He asked if anything else happened to her that night. She still says no, but he basically figured it out on his own. Um, Jack you could just tell she was lying. Well, yeah, I mean, she was kind of wearing it on her sleeve. Um, not, not really. It's just that's just the type of person he is. He could, he could, he knows when she's lying. That's that's just what it is. He's like, okay, you're lying, and then left. Basically. So. Yeah, yeah. She got all bummed out. Uh, Jack gets to the to the bridge first. I think Rakes just like shoots him in the shoulder, almost like right away, right? Shoots him in the stomach. And the, oh no, it was the liver. The it was like or the kidney. It was on the side. I know I, that's what it was. And he he gets all fucked up really quick. 
And then Howard shows up soon Howard after. For, Howard Forrest. Howard and Forrest. The driver. And, yeah, and the driver gets fucking shot on the way, doesn't he? Well, he's still he doesn't he doesn't get out of the car for some reason. Gets shot in the neck. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he got shot in the neck. That's right. Um, Howard gets out. Forrest gets out. Forrest gets shot in the shoulder. That's well, who got shot in the shoulder. Forrest. Yeah. Forrest grabs grabs. Uh, Jack. Jack, and then he starts dragging him away, and then Buddy shoots. And shot. it's and it's 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 the. What's his name? It's, um, it's Rakes. Rakes and his men. Rakes, yeah, Rakes. Rakes is the one who shoots him in the shoulder. Like yeah. Rakes is the only one who lands shots, apparently, except for the guy who got shot in the neck. I don't know who shot him, but Rakes shoots shoots uh, Forrest in the shoulder, and then Forrest is down for way too long. Like I mean, Shia LaBeouf was getting up, and, and he, he got, got shot. He got shot in a way worse spot. Yeah, but he got shot in the shoulder. You know what I mean? So, and then he had so much trouble picking up the gun and putting bullets in the gun. He could have just as easily had someone else give him a gun. And then, yeah, Rakes comes up and just comes up and shoots him again. Well, no, the sheriff's just like everybody put you like after. So after he gets shot, they're getting up, and then all of a sudden backup comes, right? Like all the other townspeople. Right? No, it's just, that's the townspeople. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. All the bootleggers are dead, so there's there's no bootleggers. Yeah, they're, they're the, the people, the, you know what I'm saying. I, the town, I literally just said it. The townspeople. I know. You know what I'm that's, saying. That's what they are, though. But you tried to correct me saying the, the, the bootleggers. It's the townspeople. Like, that's that. Like, all the bootleggers are dead. Um, you know what I meant is all I'm saying. No, but you said it after I said the right thing, so that's what I mean. I don't know what you're trying to say because you tried to correct me. Townspeople. So they were they show up. Yeah, so the townspeople show up, right? And then no, stop. And Rakes Rakes shoots some or goes to shoot somebody else and the sheriff shoots him in the leg? Rakes starts freaking out. Oh, you're immortal this, you're immortal that. Yeah, Yeah, bullshit. And then he's about to shoot, I believe he's about to shoot Howard because he's like, Howard's the closest one there uh, to him. And then the sheriff shoots him in the leg. And then he calls him fucking Hicks. Yeah, and then so Buddy starts freaking out and he goes to run away, essentially. Walking away from the crowd. Yeah, and then, like, you know... Like the ultimate walk of shame. I got shot in the leg! <laughs> like, game over. Yeah. I know more. Yeah, and then while this is going on, Forrest is <laughs> trying to pick up his gun, you know, He's and got, like, it takes it forever. Already. No, he doesn't. He has oh, no, one that's right. He turns sh- around and shoots him He has from one the shot in the shoulder. So he starts, you know, going after him, and then, you know, Forrest... Is walking slow as shit, no cover. But he turns around and shoots three times, hits him all three times, right? Because he's professional. Well, but that's what I mean, right? Everybody, nobody else could hit shots, right? And then after he shot the three times, everybody starts taking shots, and and nobody fucking hits him, right? Out of all <laughs> those people, not a single person hit him. They're all stormtroopers, right? And then yeah, so then you know. Shia LaBeouf chases him into the, the tunnel. He gets up to him, and it's it's dark for some reason, like, to make it more ominous. I don't know if he if it's meant to, like, imply that he wasn't Jack, like, he wasn't supposed to see that it wasn't Jack, or that it was Jack. I think the darkness was mostly just for Howard to kind of sneak up with the knife. Yeah, I suppose it's, that's a fair point, because he, he and he fucking did, too. He shot... So Jack shoots him in the chest, and as he's like all like the most dramatic dying ever, Howard walks up behind him, stabs him in the back, and then lifts the blade. Just yeah, just rips, just he rips guts him up him. his fucking. He fucking well guts him from the back, which is so aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Rakes bleeds out and I assume dies there on the bridge. Kind of Yeah, it looks like he kinda of dies while standing and just drops. And, and again, like 
the death of a supervillain. He's just uh. Basically, but yeah, it's no, so like I said, even cool. even the even the way they showed him on the bridge dead, I was like, that is a dead supervillain. Just that's <laughs> that's what he was. He was a supervillain. So. So after what looks to me, I think it was like ten years have passed. Um, the brothers have all managed to still be alive. Um, Prohibition ends. Howard has gone straight and gotten a job in a mill in another town. Um, Jack married Bertha and had some kids. Howard married someone else and had some kids. Forrest and Maggie got married. I think they had at least a kid. No, they didn't. There, there was how many kids were there? I don't even. I wasn't paying attention. There was just they didn't. They, they didn't have kids. Okay, well, there was a number of kids there. Everyone except for them had kids, um, and they've all grown. They've all become legit. You know, they're all good people now. They're good Jack, people. Jack, uh, in, Jack took over Jack his worked. father's farm. Yeah. Doing tobacco. Yeah. Um. So they're all at a family gathering. They're all catching up, um, having a drink. Uh, Jack and Howard are busting for his nuts to, to dance for them because I guess he used to dance for them. Um, he says, no, he's not gonna. No, there was a joke earlier in the movie when they were dancing in the bar, and Forrest's like, yeah, I don't dance. No, that's right. That's, yep. that's what calling back to. Yep. Um, and he gets up. He says he's going to go get some air. Uh, he walks down to the edge of, what is it, a creek or a lake or something. Uh, oh, in the middle pond, of, maybe. Something. And it's in the middle of winter, and he's drunk and for some reason starts to dance on the ice. Or well, it, was on the, it was on the edge. Right on the edge, edge of the ice, and he yeah. falls down into the water, um, and then... Jack's think, narrating. Again, you think he dies, though, because it cuts away after he falls in. He falls fully into the pond. Yeah, and then it shows him getting back up a couple seconds a later. Afterwards, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, There's, and then Jack's, Jack's talking, talking about, about how the guy who hired, um, what's his name? The, the cop dude? That guy oh, was uh, a... Not a oh, oh, Rake's. Yeah, Rakes, the guy who like who Rakes worked for, that guy was arrested yeah. for corruption. Yeah. Right? right. And you know, everybody's doing good and then goes on to talk about how nothing killed Forrest and then pneumonia would be the thing that got him. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Took us a while to get there. <laughs> it's a lot of movie though. It's it's what? Two hours, a little bit more than two hours. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So now we talk about the good, the bad, and the meh. Uh, you go first. Um. Okay. So the good for me uh, was probably the acting. The acting they did a pretty good job. I I, I did enjoy it. I mean. Shia LaBeouf usually does a pretty good job. He's a really good actor. I, I don't care what people say. He's actually really good at what he does. Um, so for me, the good was definitely probably the, the acting. What about you? You know, it's funny. I wrote the acting as well. I said the acting was great. Um, the other thing that I put down was the, uh, the score really, really went with the movie. I When I was watching the movie, I noticed like because i i watch all everything with subtitles yeah but i noticed they actually kept like listing off the songs but i was like i don't recall a single song that played in the movie like the soundtrack was just didn't like i didn't like didn't even, register to you. yeah at all so it was very twangy very southerny like you know like a bluegrass style it, it's it it was very much what it was in terms of the time and the location. So, uh, yeah, I, I said the acting, and I really dug the score. Um, so the next is the meh. Um, and I don't know, I, I of all the things I could think of, because there wasn't a lot for me, um, I, I really didn't think Shia LaBeouf's character needed a love interest. 
I, I, I think it could have been without, because he had cricket. I mean, I think the whole purpose of the movie was to show them that they've been through all this, they all survived, and they all were able to have their families, right? I mean, I think the like the whole most of the preacher scenes were kind of comical, right? Yeah. So, I think that's kind of the purpose of it. I don't think that was too bad, but yeah, I I I could agree with that. That it's pretty meh. I mean, they could have did the movie without it, right? And yeah. She could have just showed up at the end. I mean, they right? they didn't have Howard have a girl until the end. Yeah, but I mean, he was literally drunk the whole movie. So I mean, like, who Fair would point. want to? Fair uh, point. I have no arguments yeah. with that. Right. Like, so he cleaned up and got a job, and then he got a wife. Right. So. Yeah. Okay. That that's fair. I can I can see that, but like I don't know. I guess that's still what my math would be. What about you? Um, my math is uh, I don't really have a math to be honest, right? Like, I mean the end the end shootout was kind of whatever, but like a scene out of Star Wars. <laughs> kinda. I just mean like the decisions just made no sense. I mean I understand your. Uh, grieving and whatnot, but like, no, I don't know. It just, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't care too much for the, for the shootout. Okay. So, and then I would have to say my bad, my bad would definitely be on the bridge. Like there was no purpose for it to be so dark. None <laughs> what's none whatsoever. So that is definitely my bad, is is the bridge that, like, there's no purpose. Just for them to walk all the way across the damn bridge to get to the other side for it to then, for them to finally be able to see each other. It was, it, that, I, I don't understand what was the purpose of that. So, what about you? I, um, I thought the scenes seemed kind of jumpy. Like, you would go from one scene to a completely unrelated scene to another completely unrelated scene, and it didn't, like, some of it didn't seem to fit where it was, like, put in. I mean, it was necessary most of the time. I didn't see too many filler scenes, but it was just kind of like it went from this to that to completely different to something back to another point. Like, Well, you got to realize, though, it's telling the story of three people, right? I know. I know. And, and it, mostly it was just telling the story of two people. So it does have to kind of jump around, you know what I mean? Like, the brothers aren't around each other constantly. So, you know what I mean? Like, Shia LaBeouf is going to be out, you know what I mean, with Preacher Girl, and Jack's going to be home, you know, with uh, whatever, right? So it is just going to seem random, but it's just showing two aspects of life. The thing that's confusing is, do they take place at the same time, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's that's what we don't don't know. Yeah, right? they could be. They could have been a little bit more clear about all that. I think, but yeah, it makes sense the way you put it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, did we like it? Um, I did. I liked this movie when I first saw it a bunch of years back, almost a decade ago. Um, I thought it was a really cool idea. Uh, it had a lot of big names on it, and I mean that was a selling point for me. A lot of these people I, I recognized before I'd seen the movie. Uh, what about you, Zach? I did. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, at the beginning, it was a little boring. I almost fell asleep. Not gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> it picked it picked up from there. So I mean, I didn't I didn't mind it. I would definitely tell people to check it out. Yeah, I thought it was a very recommendable movie. Um, I mean, it was it was different. You know, westerns and stuff like that wasn't really. You know, Prohibition era movies weren't always a big selling point. A lot of people wouldn't really show an interest in that because it's I mean it's taken place what eighty, ninety years ago now. I mean, that's not necessarily true. Because well, people look love, at it this way, ten people years ago that old stuff. But ten years ago people were into sci fi. A lot of sci fi stuff, you know. I mean even now I mean, a lot of the most common sci- stuff is sci fi. So yeah. I mean that that doesn't really Yeah. That doesn't really anyway. back your point. <laughs> This wasn't sci-fi. I wouldn't call this a science sci-fi. No, movie. no, you, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying people aren't int- like people weren't interested in sci-fi, and now they are. 
but it's like people have all people have always been interested in historical events right and this movie is supposed to be based off of an historical event that went down see that's the thing about me i was never into historical events like that history is not there you go right like that's that's you right but there is like they they make these movies all the time so i mean it is a big genre I haven't right. gone out of my way to see too many of them. I guess it might be the draw. That's, it might have been the name. I mean, think it. about it. The whole show, like that whole show, Peaky Blinders, right? Never seen an episode. <laughs> yeah, but they, but that's my point, though. Like, it's a very popular show. And what is that show about? Yeah, that's true. The Prohibition, that's true. right? So I didn't know that either. But yeah, then again, like, I, like there was that show that came out a bunch of years, not a bunch of years back, but a handful of years back, uh, Boardwalk Empire with Steve Buscemi. That was also around then. It was just, I loved that. Oh, no, you know what? No, sorry. Peaky Blinders, I think, is a a UK show. I think I'm thinking thinking of Boardwalk Empires. That's my bad. Yeah, I'm thinking of Boardwalk Empires. That's a good show. I like that. Yeah, but that's what I mean, though. It's the same shit, so you know what I mean? But But it was coming from, instead of following the gangsters, it was following the people who were actually making the moonshine. Right. Yeah. That was the only that was the only difference, right? But if same same period, gangsters were involved in the movie, right? So Yeah, yeah. that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but I mean, yeah, so now now it's time for John's highlights. So my highlight would have been the scene with Tom Hardy sitting on the porch, uh, when he's talking to the cops that have come to arrest him and he goes, Have you met Howard? Uh the way that he's able to deliver such aggressive nature without having to even basically lift a finger uh says a lot about a lot for him and uh, i really loved that scene okay and uh what about your letdown there's got to be something that you didn't like oh yeah no for sure um gather around kids um (laughs) i've got a story to tell my letdowns or let down the scene that i thought was the worst it didn't make any damn sense was the scene where Tom Hardy got his throat slit. That to me was a big letdown scene. And uh I'll tell you why. Because he he literally like two minutes ago just punched a man about five feet across a room into a table. Just punched him, went flying into a table, right? Then beat the shit out of the other guy, right? So you're telling me that he couldn't fucking like headbutt the other dude, couldn't do nothing to get out of that, couldn't fucking pull his hands away from the, the, the guy who just had his fucking throat crushed. Get the hell out of here. That was that that's my letdown scene. They could have they should it just should have been just somebody just fucking came up behind him and just fucking whoosh, one time. Like that would have made a lot more sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. but for oh, them to like, hold him hold him down like they were trying to go for that like shock like value and it was like no, this is fucking stupid. I just watched him punch a man five feet across a room, right? <laughs> and then the guy holding his fucking arms down shouldn't be able to fucking breathe properly, right? You're telling me that, like, no. It should have just, the guy should have, the, the guy who got punched across the room should have, like, just came up behind him one time and just grabbed his head and fucking just, like you see in a normal fucking movie. Yeah. Right? I, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It was, and, and yeah, the whole jagged neck i mean jesus christ what did he even cut his throat with was it even a knife it's a screwdriver i don't know man <laughs> butter knife was, yeah so that that that's my letdown okay well that's that's entirely fair i guess i could totally understand why you would feel that way about that well uh i suppose that'll be it for this movie so um what can we look forward to listening in our ears to next week? All right. So the next movie we are watching is called The Old Guard. It's an action movie from 2020, and it's starring Charlize Theron, and it's also based on a book. So <laughs> tune in next week, and we're watching that. Joe. And, yep. um, uh... Before we call it quitsies for this week, we're going to do our one one for sure plug that we're always going to make because we love these guys. The Dynamic Duel podcast, whom of which we would have never been inspired without. Um, the weekly show that they put out is always a good time. 
Um, you can check their battles out, their reviews. What am I missing, Zach? Um, yeah, they just they're two they're two twin brothers. They're funny as hell. Um, so yeah, definitely check them out. Uh, Dynamic Duel on Facebook, Spotify, Amazon, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. They're everywhere. They recently um, took down a paywall, so they're completely free to access. Yep, they're, all their episodes are available. So yeah, so check it out, Dynamic Duel, and go to their website, dynamicduel.com. And uh, until next time, it's been real. Deuces.